Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Welcome to the For Your Benefit radio show. Today is February 26, 2024. Not only is it the date of today, but it's the date of the last show. Um, And we are going to have a good time. And in studio, we have Mark Levine and Tom O'Rourke, veterans of many shows. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. And also, we have Tammy Flanagan and Karen Schaefer. Tammy is... um, an ITP senior benefit director, GovExec columnist, et cetera, and Karen Schaefer, certified financial planning. So, ladies, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Bob. Great to be here. Yeah. yeah. Great, great to have you here. <laughs> All righty. So, I want to you good morning for the last time. That's kind of sad, but we're going to keep it upbeat, right? <laughs> of course. What else? <laughs> So, uh, so let's talk about the early years when we first started out. We as a group, Tammy, what comes to your mind initially? Well, the early years go back pretty far, Bob. I think it goes back to maybe the early 1990s before we even had the type of show we have today that's all digital and long distance and everything else. We were in a little house up in Falls Church, Virginia, and it was a call-in show. And we were on there with Mike Causey before all before Federal News Network even started. And I remember that you know we had our regulars that we call in every week, and you know we always had things prepared to talk about. But it seemed like that show went by like five minutes because it was call after call. The lines all lit up, and we were there ready to go. And it was just a good time. And I think we've been having fun doing that ever since. Yeah. Uh, t- take it an aside there. Uh, currently today, we have an individual. I believe this on the West Coast, and he emails uh, prolifically each week. Uh, most of it, you know, uh, we take it into consideration and could use for the next show. So we have a little bit of that, but not quite like uh, Mike Causey uh, bringing in his, his German Shepherd, which was the size of a, 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 a probably a 10-year-old. It was big. <laughs> Anyway, I'll give a, I'm going to give a shout out to our friend Efren, who you're re, re, um, referring to, because he sent a note to us congratulating us on the show and wishing us well. And he was sad to see the show is ending. Yeah, he was, you know, every week he, he would uh, he would throw out questions, most of which yeah. are great. And, you know, mm-hmm. like anybody, some are not so great. <laughs> but it was it was a pleasure um, working with him. So I suppose right. we should talk about some things here, right? Guys, all right. So we got we got a question. Let's talk about the early days uh, when we first started out. I think we can check that off, right? Well, so I don't have any memories of the early days because you know I was still in probably college. No, uh, but <laughs> you know, uh, so so. But I am curious, like what that was like. What what led you all to to do the show the way it is now? Well, what it was. No, it and what would you say, Tammy? Was it was it uh, the first um, Mike Causey acquaintance that got us uh, on track? I think it was fueled by Mike Causey, and I think it was also fueled, Bob, by your love of music and records, and somehow that related to a radio show. I'm not sure how that connection was made, but you're a natural behind that microphone. Well, see, I can understand that. I have trouble with the tax part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was not a natural around, behind that microphone. I remember you mentioning it to me and mentioning it and saying, we got this radio show. Would you be interested? And I, I was aghast. I, well, how can I do that? I, I need feedback. I need to be seeing that people are giving me that quizzical, what is she talking about? So that I explain things better. And I, I think you probably asked me for years before I said yes. And then it was just like, Tammy, just like you said, we, we had some topics and we were going to see if Efren had emailed us anything and an hour went by in about 30 seconds, maybe yep. 35, went, wow, that didn't hurt. Maybe, yeah. maybe we can do that one more time. You know, the other thing I liked about it was seeing everybody because we when we teach classes, we never get to see each other. So when we'd come to do the show, we at least saw Bob or we might have been there with Tom or with Mark or Karen, you know, sometimes we do a combined show with Benny's and Bucks, as we used to call it. 
So I like I like getting the chance to get together, and we had a good synergy, all of us. And what would you say that uh, throughout throughout the years, when people would ask questions, they come in three flavors: uh, one that doesn't know anything about what we're talking about, but you know it was part of the um, program, and somebody knew a little bit, and somebody that knew too much and wanted to let everyone know how smart they were. <laughs> No disrespect to anybody, but you learn then when the people talk where this thing is headed so you can generally elongate it if they're shy or uh, shorten it if they're verbose. You probably describe uh, most shows, Bob, because yeah. every show, somebody who called in, there was always somebody who had no clue. And then there was somebody, eh, I'd heard of that. Talk. I'll never forget, I was teaching a class, and some guy raised his hand and he said he'd been a government employee for 20 years. This was in the 2000s. And he said, what's this thrift savings plan you're talking about? Am I entitled to enroll in that? And just had no idea. So yep. where he had been, I don't know. I Actually, I have forgotten about that. Uh, the early They didn't have a clue. And I, I would think, well, you did have a clue. And we had a better clue as time went on because they would ask questions that would in turn we'd look up or find out the answer to it. Well, then on the other extreme, uh, usually when I was on, I talked about income taxes. And one of the people who called in was a lawyer who wrote the regulation on the topic I was talking about. So he clearly knew a lot more than I did. And I just thank God that I gave the correct answer that was consistent with what the IRS position was. I think that's the exception, not the rule, Tom. Yeah, oh, that very much is the exception. I, I, I think he was listening just to see if I was peddling some nonsense, and he just wanted to, wanted to check up on that because uh, the, my appearance on the radio show had been publicized somewhere. And, yeah. Well, but Tom, I still have a letter here dated July 25th, 1995, and it's signed Thomas J. O'Rourke thanking me for being on your show because you had a radio show as well. Well, we did, and I would like to take a little bit of credit because when I was hosting that radio show, I uh, we were going to talk about taxes, and I figure who better to talk about taxes than my good friend Bob Lines. And I asked Bob, and he was very hesitant. He wasn't sure. He said, Tom, you know, you've got some really smart people out there. And I said, yeah, Bob, we do, but, you know, for the most part, you're going to know the answers to all their questions. Well, we got to that little house in Falls Church, and here comes Bob. He has a briefcase full of books in one hand, and he had an armload of books in the other hand. He was going to be able to answer every question that came up, and he was really nervous. And he got on, and the rest is history. From there on, yeah. Bob became very comfortable doing this and realized that he really did know the answers to most of the questions he was going to get. And if he didn't know the answer, all he had to do was say, I don't know the answer. Uh, which happens on occasion to all of us. It was often then. But, yeah. but, but he went from there, and after that, he became a regular guest, as did many of you. And, and then when, when I, I left that law firm, he continued on, and I think he's been doing four-year benefit probably longer, not probably, longer than even MASH was on. So uh, it, it oftentimes felt like mash. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, just to give you some idea of how long it's been, when that radio show was broadcast from that little house, when I wasn't a guest, I would drive around the Beltway because the frequency was so low that I couldn't get it down in Lorton, where I lived in Virginia. So I'd get on the Beltway and I could make that trip around the Beltway in about an hour during the, the course of the show, because I, I loved listening to Joe Richards, Joe Richardson and Fran Valentine. You know, they were experts that knew a lot more than I did back in those days, and I really learned a lot from them. So that show even helped me along the way. Yeah, and now we broadcast worldwide, right? We get, we get um, emails from people around the world in different places where they're working. So it really has come a long way. Yeah, it, it, it sure has. I remember... Karen's first time at it. You had no trouble with it. Um, but she, I remember you say, well, what should I do? And I said, anything that comes to mind that's got something to do with financials. And that was it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not one for dead air. So I, yeah. I did have to think of something. But what I've always loved is that, you know, it's personal financial planning. So 
there it's just as important to be explaining something in a way that's motivating or memorable or just funny so that people can relate to it as it is to get the technical side of why the S&P 500 is a pretty good thing for you to be investing in over a long period of time. You know, it just just motivate people um, has always has always really been gratifying and, and fun. So I had a lot to choose from. Yep. So I guess I guess the next question is, is Mark. Yes. How, how, how did we uh, come together? Well, so uh, Norman Handler, my partner who passed away in 2020, worked, you know, as a seminar speaker and was on the radio for years before uh, before I ever started. And I started doing some seminars and I didn't realize it. But Norman, who's very gregarious and outgoing, did not like being on the radio for whatever reason. <laughs> it made him uncomfortable. He didn't like it. So you had asked him to be on a show and he said, well, Mark, Mark can do it. Mark can do that. And uh, so I was getting ready. I was very nervous. And I came in, I'm sure, with like a big notebook of things mm -hmm. and stuff. And uh, I said to Norman, we were talking about what, we were, what I was going to talk about. I said, I just, you know, people call in. I just, I'm, that's what I'm worried about is the questions. And I don't want anyone to ask me about income and respect of decedent. That's all I want is no questions <laughs> about that. So we're in the show. I don't know if you remember this. And uh, we get a call from Norman in Bethesda asking me specifically wow. about <laughs> income and respective decedents. Uh, so that that was uh, Norman's contribution to my first show was uh, making sure I, I had to talk about the exact thing I was least comfortable with talking. Actually, and, I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah, Norm, Norm had a sense of humor, a nice, quiet, gentle sense of humor. I loved it. Was you that before? Did we do only call-ins then? Did we actually go to the studio? No, no, we were in the studio. Okay. I was definitely in the studio because that's I had to bring everything with me just in case anyone asked me any question at all about anything in the world. I had to be able to look it up. So you know, at least in my outline. So. All right. And I said, if, if I if so I already... my, my coping technique was to just pretend that I wasn't. I was only talking to Bob, or I was only talking mm -hmm. to Tammy, right? So I was shocked when we would get a, a phone call, and and we've got a question here. Like, what? Who changed the rules? <laughs> but it it always made it more interesting, and it and it was pretty nice to to hear. Um, for the most part, didn't you think the questions? were straightforward and you were really getting somebody out of a guessing game and mm -hmm. and it can be a pretty profound turn in the right direction just to know how to navigate your thrift plan or not to be surprised by taxes right, right. and then that whole estate plan don't die but let's have some paperwork just in case right yeah i remember uh, just recently i got an email from someone who retired and he said i just wanted to let you know that if it wasn't for the radio shows and I write a column, he says that really helped me uh, make a smooth transition into retirement. And I just wanted to thank you all for doing that. And he remembered Mike Causey as well, because he remembered uh, Mike's show at the same time. But I thought, you know, those are the things we do this for, uh, because we do help people transition to retirement, answer those questions. They don't know where to turn. You know, they've wow. tried everything. They've tried their benefits office. They may have looked in a book or looked on the internet and, you know, they found it, the answer right here. And that's, that's why we do it. Well, also, I think a lot of it is we, we provide information that leads them to questions they didn't know they had, you know, I mean, that's it's, right. it's the, the people who are searching for answers at least knew what they didn't know. So many people some come up to you after is like, I didn't even think about that. Like I didn't know right. I needed to be looking at that. And that's, that's really right. gratifying. Right. So in the early, but you were saying, go ahead. no, go. Uh, I was just going to say, you were saying about somebody not knowing about the thrift plan way back when. I remember somebody who didn't know they had a pension benefit. All they knew about was the thrift plan. And he's like, this was when the market took that downturn in 2008. And he, he was so angry. And he says, I don't know how I'm ever going to retire. Look at what happened. I had all my money in the stock market. And it's gone. And I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you have a pension. You know, It's not just the thrift plan. And your thrift plan is going to come back. And he's like, I don't have a pension. I'm under that new system. I'm like, no, you do have a pension. <laughs> and he had no idea. I think it's because the, the contribution for FERS, at least it used to be only 0.8%. So they didn't notice it coming out of their paycheck and couldn't imagine you know, what could 0.8% be paying for. And when I gave him a little idea of how much that benefit was, it like turned his whole mood around. And, and he didn't believe me. He still had to go back to work and check with HR to find out he really did have a pension. <laughs> that, that was my favorite moment, 
probably the the most good I ever did for a client. Um, uh, the the employee's uh, spouse was in the office with me, and they were talking about they wanted to move and they wanted to retire, but they couldn't, you know, because of the finances. And I said, well, I don't do that part, but um, you know, talk to me a little bit about it. And and she was talking to me about it and said, I said, well, you know, there's a pension also. She said, no, 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 we have the TSP. I said, no, there's a pension. She goes, there's not. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you tomorrow morning call your, you know, the HR where where I think it was at the VA. And uh, then call me back. And she called me back crying that, you know, they could retire, you know, and that yep. was made all the difference. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I had one of those as well. <laughs> me too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. We, we have a club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's also I, I think what I got the most um, was that just the thank you for learning how to make money in the thrift savings plan. Right. They had. Um, you know, I, I had people say, well, I, I have to be in the G fund. I'm a linguist. What do I know about money? I said, believe it or not, you don't you not, don't need to know a lot. You don't have to find it interesting. You don't even have to care, but you got to get it in the stocks uh, <laughs> you get it in. Or, or it just won't grow. And now more and more people kind of circling back saying, boy, if I hadn't come to that class or if I hadn't heard you guys on the radio, I never would have known. I did a whole class once uh, for a treasury department, um, Secret Service, and the whole class, they were all in the G fund and they were at their 20 year mark. And I just, they, they, they just never ever took the time to slow down and think there might be something I have to attend to in this thrift savings plan. And it made all the difference, they, they could not, retire they had to think about second career and and from that moment on i i've never missed an opportunity to say why is your money in the g fund or the f fund you can have a good reason owe yourself that reason how how many didn't know that they had a retirement plan over the years well there there was always there was always uh, some in there you know i think some people um, start their government careers thinking this is going to be a stepping stone. And then it's hard. Life gets gets complicated. It's hard to back away. Other jobs don't, you know, come knocking on your door. And so if you started it casually, I, I understand why people don't know their benefits. And didn't you, I think we all found every agency has its own culture. So some agencies had brilliant training officers and personnel um, departments and others, you you know, it was almost devastating. The, the lack of information was uh, was horror, horrible. I don't know how anybody could find anything out. Well, I think that's it's one very... of the great things of, about the show and about the seminars is getting out and teaching people. I mean, you know, anyone who listened to any of your shows over the years with any of you guys, knew a lot more than they did probably from their agency. Well, there was a time, it was the time in the 80s when, uh, or the 90s, during the Clinton administration when they cut back and many human resources departments were devastated and they simply didn't have the, the, the people there to provide the advice. And that really is what laid the, the foundation for NITP. Right. There became a real need for people to get this information that they weren't getting from their agencies. And it, it, when Mark and Karen were relating the stories about people who didn't know they had a pension plan, that was certainly something I encountered regularly. And obviously mm-hmm. the rest of you did also. Yep. So when we first. Yeah, back, in those, back in those days, um, when it, you were talking about Thomas, whenever they had the downsizing and they were consolidating personnel offices and making them regional instead of local because OPM was going to automate the whole retirement process. And there was a big contract signed and they were getting that geared up to get that to happen. Well, here we are all these years later, and I think they're getting ready to do another contract to automate retirement and things have improved a little, but there's still a need for people like us to to help people along the way to answer those questions that they uh, need to know to avoid making those mistakes that can cost them something for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we um, when we first started, I mean, it was 
awful, awful long time ago, we'd go out in front of uh, groups. They didn't know what we were talking about. I mean, they had an idea, but, you know, a TSP, was that? Something you eat? No. Something you grow. Uh, and you're entitled to this, and you're entitled. And, they, you know, they didn't know. And I'm not so sure there was a place to go within an agency, a small agency, that would know all that. So it was fun. And then the radio show came along, and what we're doing today is still going strong. Um, yep. I think one of our first key messages when we all had to figure out how to stay in our lane, but show our listeners and our audiences where our various topics overlap, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I would always be coming in after Tammy saying, okay, just because you now know how and when you're going to be eligible to retire doesn't mean you're going to be able to afford to retire, right? And um, and and still have to make friends um, with with the message that it, it wasn't all bad and and you could build such a powerful retirement but more and more it was up to the employee to put mm -hmm. it together you couldn't just autopilot your way through a 30-year CSRS live within your means and um, and expect it, it to work out between baby boomers and the NIH, people just wouldn't die like they used to. And we really, inflation became a thing you had to pay attention to in retirement. And that thrift plan was just hugely important to understand. Karen, you yeah, just reminded me of a story of a, I got interrupted in a seminar. I got a call from a client. It was an urgent, I, I, they had to speak to me immediately. And it was back during the days when they were offering uh, a, a bonus to retire early, twenty five thousand dollars. And 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 the the reason the woman was a client, she owed the IRS a lot of money and couldn't afford to pay it. And I was working with her to figure that out. And she said, "Tom, this I've got to make my decision today. I can get twenty five thousand dollars." And I said, "But hold on, Teresa, you can't afford." to meet your expenses now. How are you gonna live when your salary's cut by 40%? Because that's what your annuity's gonna be. Your entire buyout is gonna go to pay the IRS, and then what do you do? And she mm -hmm. said, you know, I hadn't thought of that. And I said, yeah. well, I think the answer's fairly clear. So, but we did provide a, a service over, to, over to those that, years, um, Bob. I had somebody yeah. who was very comfortable crunching numbers, rocket scientist kind of guy, literally. And he called one day and he had heard this rumor that the formula was going to go from a high th highest three average um, formula to a highest five. And he had spent the weekend crunching numbers to show what a difference it would make for him if they really changed the formula to go to a, a, a high five average salary uh, factor. Um, it was going to cost him $187 a month. So he was going to hurry up and retire, even though it was a little early. The kids hadn't been through college yet. Um, so he got the bigger pension. He said, I got a better idea. Why don't you just work another three months and you'll you'll have, you know, $187 for the next 20 years more. And that, yeah, he hadn't really thought of it that way. So yeah, I think we've all had to talk people off the ledge. I call it that whenever they want to make a move that we know, you know, we can see around the corners that they can't see around yet, but they're so motivated to leave now because this is going to happen. Yeah. or because they just have had it with their supervisor and things have changed and I got to get out of here. And it's like, you're two years from your retirement age. You got to hang in there. Two years will go really fast. And it's always rewarding when I can talk somebody off that ledge and yeah. they come back and thank me and say, oh, I'm so glad I stayed because what, you know, look what they would have given up. You know, lifetime health benefits, who has that? There, there's exactly. always a moment in the seminars where you say something and you see someone in the audience, like just their whole face changes. For good or for ill, what what it could be yeah. either way, but you just right. know that whatever you said directly impacted something that just happened in their life, and they're they're always the first people up at the break with a question, um, and <laughs> but you can you can see that moment. What I always it? liked going on the first day of the seminars because I could always say, well, Mark Levine's going to be here tomorrow <laughs> to talk about that, or Karen Schaefer will be here tomorrow, and she'll she'll talk about the the C fund with you. Um, I always felt bad when I had to go on the second day and they said, oh, they said they're, you're going to tell us about this today. They were telling us you were coming in tomorrow. So 
it was always fun uh, to, to have that relationship because we all kind of knew how to stay in our lane and what the other person was going to talk about. We all had the same philosophy about helping people and making good decisions, nothing far flung or nothing outlandish. It was just good, solid information that helped people get to where they needed to be. And didn't you find, I think each of us found this in our own way, that the more I would hear Tammy or um, either of you guys talking about taxes or estate planning, um, the more I knew exactly what I didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. That I, there's just such a body of knowledge around each area of expertise that not only can we not expect, you know, a, a federal employee or retiree to understand and know all of this stuff, we can't be experts in it either. For a while there, I just assumed I would learn everything there is to know about federal benefits because I'm surrounded by it and immersed in it. And probably, I don't know how long it took, but I, I just became so relieved that I wasn't the expert. I can really just call Tammy and say, mm -hmm. I, got, I got this client and I don't even know where to start. And she'd sort it right out. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, but I always thought, well, I know enough about estate planning or taxes or financial planning. And then I'd listen to one of you guys talk and it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know anything. I said, I better stay in my lane and not be given that kind of information out. So I always loved the fact that I could say, you know, they'll be yeah. here tomorrow. And we always had different people talking on their subject matter. I you know, listen, we're not a jack of all trades. I listen to that often, even today. <laughs> mm -hmm. I understand debits and credits, but I don't understand whatever you all talk about. <laughs> but we have somebody just joined us, Tom Temma. Tom, Thomas, what's the deal? Well, Thomas means you must be my mother. I'm Tom to everyone else, Bob. But <laughs> I, I barged into the studio on your last show because I wanted to say how much we at Federal News Network have appreciated the tremendous contribution you have made over these low many years. I think you've been here on the air longer than I have. And after me, nobody's been on longer. So we want to congratulate you as you come well, out of this today. It's, it's, it's uh, whoever is on the other side of the mic, that's what makes the show. My job is to listen and pretend I don't know anything. And I, I'm pretty good at that. And then I could ask you a question that other one, others wouldn't. Well, you have that great skill. If you don't know the answer, you know where to get it. And I hear Tammy Flanagan on the line. Of course, all the regulars are calling in today. But I want you to also know we are getting email. I'm getting email. The word is out. What are we going to do without Bob Lines? So oh, I don't no. know what we're going to do without Bob Lines, but I want to tell you that you have made a tremendous impact on thousands of federal employees across the country uh, over the years. And I hope you know that they are, have been listening faithfully. And in fact, I have listened to what you've been saying because I'm not a federal employee but I'm only about a year and a half from retiring myself. So uh, the advice you gave for your benefit really has been to everyone's benefit well, and to the benefit my, of federal My voice network. was created by the folks that are sitting across from me, Tom, yes, Mark, and, and, and you, and others. There, we got a lot of speakers. It would be great to have them all on here, but we'd never get anything done. Well, I'm going to let you get on with the show, and we have some celebration for afterwards. But I just want to say publicly from this Federal News Network wow. standpoint Thank how you. much you've meant to us, both personally and professionally. Thank you. Woo. That's it's been a lot of too. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I always felt a little prestige saying, hey, I'm going up to do the radio show. Oh, what station? Oh, you know, the W... T.O.P. Sister Station Federal News Network, and they'd be so impressed to say, are you on that show? Wow. So it's been a real honor over these years to have the opportunity to do this and be in the studio with the names that we listen to every day. You know, you know Bob, it's, it's easy for you to say that, that it's the people on the other side, but there's a reason that those people come to talk to you. And there's a reason you attract those people. All the people that we work with, all the speakers that we've worked with, all the people we hear on the radio, they come because of you. Uh, and and we have to recognize what a gift it's been for us to be able to work with you all these years. And likewise, I've, you know, it, it, it takes a village to do something, <laughs> right? So our, our village is, uh, is um, oh, let's keep going. I'm going to uh, say something I shouldn't. <laughs> 
Well, I remember back when I was working at the FBI, this was back when I was still a, a kid, basically. And my boss there, he was a special agent in charge of the tour unit because I worked there in my first job. And he always said, make sure you surround yourself with good people and you'll always do well. And that's what I've done. And that's why I've always stuck with NITP because I felt like I was surrounded by good people who could support what we were doing as a team. I always felt it was a team effort. And it's, it's the same way with the radio show. And, you know, we've had some guests on that have been pretty prestigious. You know, we've had the director mm -hmm. of the TSP on the show. We've had Mary Beth Franklin. She's a expert on social security known throughout the country as the leading expert. So you've, you've done a good job drawing some pretty named talent. Well, and, and it made us all better, really, Bob. Mm -hmm. It just made us all that much better. I didn't know I could talk to the director of the thrift board and just, you know, I, I'll never forget asking him um, or kind of making a comment to him once. I'm a little worried about your life cycle fund. It's got so little money in the, the market and people I meet really will live 30, 35, 40 years in retirement. They're going to run out of money. And he gave me this surprising two-part answer. He said, um, we agree and we're changing it. And, and then he looked, you just made me announce something a little too soon <laughs> that I was going to. Um, but then he went on and it was just such a, a light bulb moment for me. Um, he said, you know, the thrift savings plan was designed to keep, to give our federal government employees an opportunity to be financially secure in retirement. And he didn't put quite this fine a point on it. Um, it, it he, he did say, you know, so they can spend it in their lifetime. It's not for generations to come. Um, so he didn't come right out and say, it's okay to, to spend it down to zero and spend all your money in your lifetime, but that's what it's designed for. Mm -hmm. And for people just to know and understand that, I had never thought of that. Um, it's one thing to say, spend this down in your lifetime. It's another thing to be in your 90s and run out of money, yes. right? So again, the personal finance has to balance the emotional and human reality of these benefits and how you, you're going to work with them. But I love that was such a treat for me. I remember it like it was yesterday, Bob, being in the studio and interviewing him and Mary Beth Franklin. I mean, really, I mean, she's like, yeah. it, that's that's where you go to know. Mm -hmm. anything about she's the guru. Yeah, she was, she's the new Fran Valentine. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, we, so, Mark, we on the legal good. side, yes. Um, what have you met with that you're, and you're saying, I don't know that I can comment on that because I think that's illegal. Do you ever get questions like that? <laughs> well, no, I can always comment on it. Uh, the comment is don't do that usually if I think it's illegal. Uh, you know, when we used to get phone calls on air and we'd get phone calls from someone in California, phone calls from someone – and I could just punt and say, well, I'm not a California attorney uh, and just talk about the, the federal stuff. Um, but, you know, it, I've always felt like I'm so fortunate that that I have, you know, Karen and Tammy and you and Tom, because I can just focus on the legal part of it. And any, mm -hmm. as, as Tammy said, anytime anyone asked me a question, I could say, well, you know, Karen's going to be on this afternoon. So you can talk to Karen or, you know, <laughs> Tammy, Tammy left you her phone number. So you can call Tammy <laughs> about that. Wow. Uh, and that that made that let me just focus on my job, which was great. Uh, talking about uh, folks that maybe had an influence on us that we otherwise wouldn't think of initially. Uh, there's an individual on the other side of the country um, that makes it a point years ago to tell us how we messed up the entire show. And I remember talking to this person and I said, you know, if it's that bad, why don't you do yourself a favor and don't listen? <laughs> um, again, I've never heard the individual talk, uh, but it changed a little bit. Still, we get a lot of questions and they're good questions. And it's a little bit of a crusader rabbit because he, you know, he's talking for the group, not us necessarily, but for the federal employee group. So, you know, we've learned a lot of neat things over this um, period of time. I think Bob, one of the most memorable shows I did was one that was with nobody well known, but it was a, a good friend of mine. And I, I asked her if she'd like to be on the show. And it was about two weeks after her husband died. They were both federal employees, and she is the type of person that wants to help people, and she 
knew that what she had just gone through with federal benefits and trying to claim survivor benefits and all of that would really be of help to somebody. So you let her come on the show and we interviewed her and we kept it pretty professional to begin with because I knew it was a touchy subject because she just lost her, her husband. But she did a wonderful job and we, we got comments after that saying that was one of your best shows because it really did put a personal side, like Karen was saying, personal in the financial and the technical part of this business because people do need to know how to get their benefits and how to make sure they're what they're supposed to be and what their spouse or themselves have earned for them. So I thought that was a one of the shows I'll never forget. My, my friend Georgia. Oh, wow. Now I'm, I, I get so wrapped around the axle when I do these shows, even today. Did I forget to say something about Andrew Mitchell, the pr <laughs> producer? Did I, Andrew? Come on, I did or I didn't? Okay. You can say it now, Bob. No, say it now for yeah. sure. Okay, and he's a technical producer that keeps the show flawless. There's no, well, yeah, you do. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's um, very um, shy to not brag about himself, but he should. Andrew's always made us feel comfortable and kept the show on track, and we really appreciate that because we're none of us are professional DJs by any means, but he, he makes us sound good. And it, it was such a calming influence too, right? You'd come in and you'd be overthinking your topic and wondering if you're going to remember the right story at the right time. And and he always made us so comfortable. Say so Andrew's name, I think, is the the one that gets mentioned the most. Ask Andrew. Andrew's telling me Andrew this. Uh, I think Andrew's name has he's been name checked on this show more than anyone else, other than maybe Bob. Wow, that's great. All righty, what do we got? We got 17 minutes? Not no. not to say we should cut anything short, but any tangents to go off on? <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the fact that we made a big transition when we went from the radio station that was not broadcasting on the Internet to the Internet, and then we made another big transition when COVID hit, and that's mm -hmm. when we got into the virtual world. And that changed everything, too, because I think it was a, a long time before anybody even was able to go into the studio, yet we kept the show running because we had this good technology of um, doing things like we're doing it today, because Karen's not in the studio, neither am I, and um, we can still run the show and see each other. So I'm really thankful for modern technology. Who wants the good old days, right? We want to <laughs> move forward, upward and onward. Exactly. Well, I was thinking, Bob, when I probably did my first radio show with you, I had two girls in middle school. And fast forward all these many years, both of them have been guests on your show. One is a certified financial planner and one as an estate planning attorney. And let me tell you what that feels like besides <laughs> how did I get this old? Um, but to have have your daughters um, come in and, and shine and the tie and handle those questions and um, and be part of uh, what we have all known as the the wonderful Bob Lyons um, experience, right? Surround wow. yourself with good people. It, it's it, it's uh, easy to do. I took advice from. Um, I had one job prior to this job, and. It, I worked for a chief petty officer doing tax returns. And he was a tough boy. He never, he never missed a day to tell me how messed up I was. Um, <laughs> but what he was doing was basically getting me to understand and then get out and, you know, be real about it. And, um, you know, that, that one, he's in, he's in the top ten. Uh, but he was, he was a tough boy. Well, following up on Karen, I mean, one of my daughters wasn't alive, I think, when this started. Um, and I know the one story when I was on the show and my I told my wife, you should listen. She was home with one of our, our kids uh, had just been born. And I, I said, did you listen? She said, sort of. I said, what happened? She goes, well, as you're talking, she fell asleep. I'm like, oh, no. OK, well, I accomplished something for her in helping her go to sleep. So she heard, listened to half of it. And then, you know, so we, we helped put one of my daughters to. To, oh, to sleep okay. she was I'm so certain that never happened in class. Um, I, no, I'm sure not. No. 
Yeah, if if it did, they were on medication. They, that's why they were sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But but it, it does kind of give us a little bit of real reality check because it's the people that are in our federal audience that understand and appreciate what we do. But I've had the same experience, Mark. Whenever you know, I, I'll tell my husband, "Did you listen to the show today?" He's like, "Well, no, I was busy out cutting the grass. I didn't have time." <laughs> and he knew that I'd take care of his retirement, so he didn't have to worry about listening to what we had to say. No, it's been a decade since anyone in my family listened to the show. That's right. <laughs> they all thought it was interesting at first, and uh... mm -hmm. <laughs> well, when I, I got a text message right before we went on air from my oldest and she said last show sad emoji face and she was definitely going to be listening in so you've got a you've got a fan in in houston texas bob yeah wow. that's nice Ian. I, I, hope... I know the one person that we do need to mention because i think he was instrumental in how this all came to be is mike Cosi. Oh, and um, one of the things i remember best about mike was the fact that would come to the show and i looked forward to you know, getting together with Mike after the show, because he'd always say, you going to lunch? And we'd go over to Clyde's or in the old days down to, um, what was the name of the place down the street? We used oh, to Cafe Deluxe. It was, it was Cafe on. Deluxe. Oh, Cafe, Cafe Deluxe. Deluxe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was fun, fun times, because he was just such a great personality and so witty. I just loved being in his presence and listening to the things he had to say. It was always interesting. He had his seat that he had to sit in. That's right. Oh, that's he right. was such an advocate yeah. for for um, federal employees. He, he really did want all of us to um, bring our A game to his columns and um, he'd be doing research and just say, hey, what, what about this? Um, he, he really, um, yeah. he taught us a lot about being thorough and, um, and helpful, just really helpful. Yeah. He, made it, he made it all understandable. And he could, yeah. he he could explain the unexplainable. Yep. And he, he really cared. And I think I wouldn't be where I am today. I know I wouldn't if it wasn't for both Bob and for Mike, because they gave me confidence saying you can do it. Cause I was, you know, I was probably the, out of all of us here, the most timid to get up in front of a group and not really feeling confident speaking that I had anything important to say, but you guys showed your confidence. I know I didn't even meet Bob for the first, first two years I worked for him, but he kept hiring me back. I said, I must be doing something right, even though I'd finish a three-hour class in an hour and a half because I was so nervous talking to the group. But um, I think I did have something to say, and I calmed down over the last 35 years a little bit. Well, I, re I remember the days when you weren't, and I thought to myself, this is, should be baptism by fire. So I said, when we meet, when we talk with the group, you and I will go out together in tandem. I said, but to be fair, you're going to find that my presence is smaller and smaller by the hour. Why? <laughs> so that I would let Tammy go out and do it herself, where she didn't really need a lot of coaching. <laughs> I just had to get over that fear. Yeah. There's a fear sometimes in public speaking, whether it's on the radio or in front of a classroom and once I conquered that, and um, I still a little nervous get in there, but I think that's a good thing. But at least I can talk so people can hear what I say. I don't sound like a rapid fire machine gun like one guy told me at class <laughs> in the early days and went on the, the, the survey at the end of the class. Yeah. Tom, what did you find your first days in court? <laughs> Sheer terror. <laughs> and I still occasionally have I had a dream a couple nights ago where I was arguing a case in the Supreme Court, and Clarence Thomas came up and put his arm around me and said, just calm down. And really? <laughs> that's the way I felt when I started doing seminars. And when I, my first time on the radio was with Mike Causey. And as all of you said, Mike was an expert at putting everybody at ease. I'd come into a show and say, well, Mike, what do you want to talk about? He said, well, I really haven't thought about it yet, Tom. And it was five minutes before we would go on the air. But he would get on the air. He would make you relax. He would ask you relevant questions, and he would bring me along. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's something all of us learned from Mike. I know you certainly did, oh, Bob, because yeah. you've been doing this now for a long time. And uh, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today. That's right. It wasn't for him. That's right. Yeah. I think what we yeah. all learn from doing this, uh, certainly from the seminars, is you know you're forced to learn to speak in English to people, and it's the the number one piece of feedback I get from people is you know thank you for like I you know was dreading this. Everyone always dreads my part of the the seminars, 
uh because it's all about death and dying death and dying not not exactly um, not fun and my goal is always for people to leave going that's not that wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be like that's that's my goal and being on the show and and you asking questions and doing the seminars i think forces all of us to to really speak so people understand us um as opposed to a lot of our colleagues who who don't necessarily and uh, there's somebody we haven't mentioned andrew Andrew, I remember this. He fixed the broken part. Okay. Uh, and and I, I know he paid attention, but it, I never mentioned, he, you know, he fixed it. The mics could go out. It didn't face him. He found a way to plug one into another one on another <laughs> floor, and it worked. I remember- yep. Sometimes he'd be scrambling around. I could tell something wasn't going right, but never failed. 10 o'clock came around, and we were on the air, and everything seemed to run smoothly, so... One time when we were doing it remotely, uh, your Bob, your feed cut out, and I was I was in the middle of talking, and suddenly you were gone, uh, and Andrew's just like keep going, keep going, keep going. So I just kept talking until Bob got back on. So uh, Andrew definitely can save the day. That's right. Wow, That's right. what do we got? We got how many minutes, Andrew? Andrew says seven minutes, so I'm sure we can fill that. Sure. Absolutely. Yep, um, we. Well, Bob, and I guess the most important thing to say is to thank all the folks who've listened over these. That's right. Oh wow! Fifteen, yeah. twenty years. They've yeah. been. It, n- none of us would be here if it wasn't for people who had some interest in the matters we're talking about, and and they've all made us better at what we do. They've raised issues we haven't thought about. They've brought real life examples to our particular area of expertise. And when usually when I'm done with a seminar, I feel good that I've done something that's helped at least one person in that seminar in their their lives. And they're the people that have made this radio show. And we've just done our little part to try to be helpful in helping them meet their goals. Yeah, I'm always never ceases to amaze me how how the audience, no matter what agency we go into, no matter who's calling us on the radio, who's e- emailing us, federal employees have a culture, and it's a culture of respect. Um, it's a culture of appreciation, like they know how to show appreciation when somebody does something to try to help them. And I've always admired that. That's what I, I always think to myself. If I had to get up in front of a group of any other private sector job, I'd be so nervous because I wouldn't know what to expect, but I can walk into a federal agency and know the audience because, you know, they have that culture of, of the way we're all used to knowing how they're going to ask our questions and how they need to know some of this information. So that's, that's always what I've admired about them. And, and so appreciative. I'll never forget once reading the evaluations and somebody saying after learning how to read in the first grade, this is probably the next most important thing I've ever learned. And it was all, all our, our class, which mm-hmm. was, it's important stuff. And, and they, they just really appreciated the, the opportunity because you can imagine there's a lot of people who go through life and never get the on-ramp to good decision-making. And that's what I always felt we were doing is giving them all the tools they need to make smart decisions and also the focus on them i think they you know can feel like they don't get focused for what they do and i think Mm -hmm. us showing up there they really appreciate someone coming and focusing on them that's right got got two emails oh oh well um one says just wondering i know there's no crying in broadcasting (laughs) (laughs) nice and then the other one same same person actually says congratulations on the long run. Isn't that nice? That's nice. Yeah, that's very nice. That yeah. also reminds me that the other person to thank, um, because every time we're scheduling or gonna come on, I get emails from Margot uh telling me exactly what she needs from me and exactly what to do and, and uh I don't think I would know where to go or, or what time to be anywhere if Margot didn't uh do that. So I'm really appreciative yeah, of her. Yeah. All right, here's a spoiled. He's really done a great job putting this show together over the past several years, but I still remember Ann Vincent. We can't not have this show without mentioning Ann. I know she never wanted to come on the air, but boy, in the early days, she was she was the Margot of the of the early days, getting everything set up and making sure there was a guest on the show and 
getting that open season, the ones Bob loves so much were the open season seminars to talk all about federal health insurance for two months. <laughs> I think he was so glad when December 15th came around and we could talk about taxes again. <laughs> I still don't understand the health insurance. I know. Right, I, I love those shows, by the way, so I never minded being a guest during health benefits open season. <laughs> no and we loved that you loved it, Tammy. <laughs> Nobody else wanted to do it, I know. Now I got a, got another email just just came in. It says farewell, hi Bob and and crew. I thoroughly enjoyed for your benefit for the past eighteen years, and especially appreciate your guests answering my questions. <laughs> this is the the uh, listener, and uh, your show has consistently proved to be highly specific information for both federal employees and retirees. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. I won't mm -hmm. mention the name, though. That was, Considering mm -hmm. that was your goal, okay. to be highly specific uh, information, yeah. that, mm -hmm. that sounds like you've succeeded all these years, Bob, in, in doing what you intended to do when you did the show. Yeah, this and is, I think we, we are all the beneficiaries of that as well. This has been fun for me, except now Andrew is saying, enough with your fun. Get off the air. So... <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, ladies, final quick comments, as in real quick. Thank you Thanks, all very Bob. much. Thanks to for both. the memories. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you all for the memories. Bye-bye. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA. Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search for your benefit. Thanks for listening.